Hey, sweet friends, my name is Chef Schomburg. I started my baking business with a bottle of Di Serrano and one Bundt cake pan. Fast forward to today from news to magazines, speaking on national stages and more, I can truly say that baking has changed my life. So now as a bakery business coach, I get to help others have the same success. I've helped hundreds of my students across the world in my global membership program create six-figure businesses, mainly from home. The Baking for Business podcast is an extension of that. From actionable tips to valuable tools and resources that can impact you as a business owner. I truly believe, y'all, we would never have been given a gift if we couldn't profit and prosper from it. So come on, darling. What are you waiting for? Hey, what is going on, sweet friends? Hope you're having a beautiful week as you listen to this. Okay, so today's podcast is jam-packed, and I have two disclaimers. Today, we're talking about overcoming your fears to teach. Now, disclaimer number one, I'm currently in the middle of promoting my signature eight-week course, Teaching Your Passion. But Regardless of if you sign up for my course or not, everything in this podcast is going to help you because you have to overcome this stuff in order to teach, period, one way or another. So that's the first thing. Okay. So disclaimer number two is there are multiple ways to teach. And so you have people who host local classes, maybe where they teach like your clients These are things like me, like I have sip and sprinkle, stuff like that. Local classes are fine. I love these because they're leisure classes. However, in my course, Teaching Your Passion, I teach you how to teach online classes. And the reason being is because even if you do local classes, eventually there's only one you. The great thing about teaching online classes is that they're pre-recorded. So you work once and you get paid for the effort over and over and over. But also in my course, Teaching Your Passion, I also teach you how to do live classes, just not in person. So believe it or not, there are brands that you can actually pair with, people who want you to teach, and you don't even have to leave home. You can do it from your computer. So that's the second disclaimer. So when we talk about these fears, I'm discussing overcoming your fears to teach online classes, because that is my main belief. I think everybody can teach. All of us are teachers by nature, especially you guys who are moms. However, when we look at growing and building a business, what happens is eventually there's only one you. And so as a solopreneur, until you build a team, or if you have the budget to build a team, or until your business generates enough profit for you to build a team, I'm trying to see how many ways can you maximize increasing your revenue as a solopreneur. And that's why I always suggest teaching courses. Now, another thing before we get into the fears is that People usually say, well, I don't want to teach bakers. I don't want to give them uh, my, my recipes. I don't want them spying on me or hating on me or this, this, that. You don't have to teach bakers to teach online courses. You can create online courses for your customers. So when I say teach online courses, it doesn't mean that you have to teach bakers. Also, you don't have to teach bakers in your area. You have so many people who teach classes, be it live or online, and they have NDAs, non-disclosure agreements that people sign, or they have what's called conflict of interest clauses, meaning that, hey, if you're in this particular area as me, then you're unable to buy my course. And all of those things are fine. So take a deep breath. If any of those were your thoughts, because 
you can still do this. You can still teach. All right. So now that we got the disclaimers out the way, I want to go ahead and dive into these fears and how you can overcome them. So one of the first things I hear from a lot of people, every year I teach a free webinar where I go over four mistakes that bakers make when trying to teach whenever I'm opening the doors to my course, Teaching Your Passion. And I do that because I believe in serving before selling. So I always like to kind of give one bonus tip or one little mini class or something that can help people realize what's possible in case they're ready and willing to invest. And so whenever I give a class, the four fears that we're covering today are most of the fears that people said, well, what if I struggle with this? Or what if I have this? And I thought these were really good and these need to be addressed in just a little bit more time. And so that's why I wanted to go over them today. So one of the first things, and they are not in any particular order, but that people tell me that they have a fear of is imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome is either us doing something where we feel we're a fake or a phony. Usually people will say, well, I can't teach this because uh, she's already teaching this, or there's another popular person that's teaching this, or who am I? Why would people listen? So our minds have all these thoughts. So the first thing I want to tell you is that there's nothing wrong with how you feel. In all these fears we're going to discuss today, do not think that you're a bad person or there's something wrong with you or there's something in your head, like because you're not. Each and every one of us is entitled to feel a certain way. Sometimes those feelings develop when we're afraid of something, when something scares us, or when we're afraid of other people's opinion about what it is that we're trying to do. Now, everyone has a fear. Even I have fears. I have fears when I put out this podcast. I shared that before. The difference is, are you willing to work through your fears so that you can become a better version or person that God has created you to be? You guys know I'm a big faith believer. Or will you sit in your fears? That's the only difference. So the people who you see doing it, the people who you see who you assume are winning, there's no difference between you and them. The only difference is that they had fears. They just decided to work through them. And that is what I would like for you guys. So if you have imposter syndrome, the first question I want to ask you, and it's the only question that matters, have you successfully accomplished the thing that you were trying to do? Take, for instance, you want to sell a cookie class. You want to sell a macaroon class. You want to sell a cake decorating class, maybe a sugar flour class, maybe a bread class, a baking class, a chocolate class. Have you successfully made that piece of bread, that piece of chocolate, that cookie, that macaroon? Have you baked it for yourself and did it turn out okay? And so the reason why I ask that is because when we get imposter syndrome and we're saying that I can't do that because I'm an imposter, I'm not qualified. Your successes actually qualify you. So if you've made a loaf of bread and it turned out good and people bought it, then guess what? You're qualified. If you made that macaroon and it's delicious and your clients have bought it, guess what? You're qualified. You can't call yourself an imposter or a liar if you have actually succeeded at the thing that you're trying to do or that you're putting out there. And so One of the things I always like to tell my students is separate facts from feelings. If you had a piece of paper right now and I said, hey, tell me the course that you want to sell. 
And I'm asking you this through the podcast. What course do you want to sell? Now, write down on a piece of paper, have you actually been able to successfully do that thing yourself? If the answer is yes, then my dear friend, guess what? You are not an imposter. You are a success. And the fact that you've been able to do that thing is what can bless someone else on the other end who may struggle with doing the same thing. You know, recognizing that self-doubt is common is one of the things that we have to understand. You're not alone in feeling how you feel. A lot of people develop expertise over time through efforts. So when you feel like a leader, when you feel like a boss, that's going to come from you doing something repeatedly over and over, over and over. So one of the mindset shifts I want you to have if you struggle with imposter syndrome is start to share your journey and your insights with others. Because if you successfully done the thing and you're putting it out there for other people to help, then no one is going to call you an imposter for doing so. And so as you share your journey with others, then they'll see you as a leader because you actually are a leader. You've already succeeded at doing the thing. One of my favorite scriptures that I like to share with my students whenever they have imposter syndrome, one verse comes from Joshua 1.9, which says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go. And I think that definitely applies in business to be strong, to have that courage, but to not be discouraged because of the personal feelings that you're holding on to at that particular time. And then another scripture says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I like that because when you look at it, we're God's handiwork, which means if he already created you, you're perfect just the way you are. Therefore, you can't be an imposter. You can't be a fake version of something else. You're the real version of you. And no one's asking you to be anyone else. It's your authenticity, your story, your testimony. That is what makes you different as a leader. And so I know you're probably thinking, okay, well, that thing I want to do, somebody else is already doing it. Yeah, honey, but they're not doing it with your style. They don't have your story. They don't have your same execution. They don't have your same methods. 20 different people could be doing the same thing and still succeed. Look at burger companies, McDonald's, Five Guys, Burger King. It's all a hamburger, but it's all a different way. And because they showed up in a way that was authentic to them, it allowed them to have customers and to not worry about what other people were doing. And so that's what I want to tell you if you struggle with imposter syndrome. Number one, have you already baked that thing successfully? If the answer is yes, then you're no longer an imposter. And number two, just remember what God says about you. You're perfect just the way you are. So therefore, you can't be a fake version of anything else because you're the real version of who God called you to be. That's the first thing. The second fear that people have is not feeling qualified. And this one kind of ties into the first. But what I want you to think about is focus on your depth of experience. So when you're looking to teach, no one is expecting you to have all the steps. And I think that's one of the biggest things that people expect. Like, okay, well, uh, I'm self-taught. So how can I teach someone else this? I don't know steps A through Z. I don't know the science. I don't know the why. No one's asking you to know all the things. 
We're just asking you to successfully know how to get a result for that particular thing. So case in point, if you make macaroons, you make cookies, you make pound cakes, you make bread, I don't expect you to know the science of, of, of yeast or or where almond flour came from or or who invented a, a, a whisk. Like you're thinking you're way too much. You're overthinking. And because of that, you're putting all these things inside your mind. Well, what if someone asks me this? Hell, if they ask you, just Google. But no one's going to ask you that. Most classes that are out here in the baking industry by now, 99% of them are by people who are not chefs. They never went to culinary school. They don't have any classical training. They're just bakers that succeeded at something that were willing to step to the plate and help the next person. And guess what? That's fine and dandy. I get people who ask me all the time, well, chef, you went to culinary school. Should I go? And the answer is no. Hell no. You do not need to go to culinary school for a baking business or a treat making business. Understand I went because I wanted to go for management. There are certain certifications that you have to have before you step to a company and say, hey, I want to manage your kitchen or I want to manage this particular area. That was why I went. I did not need to go to culinary school to learn how to make a pound cake. I had my mom's recipe. I was just fine. So think about that when you wonder, are you qualified enough? One of the mindset shifts I want you to have when it comes to this is your perspectives and your experiences qualify you to teach. Because if you went to the school of hard knocks, if you learned the hard way, then those are the things that qualify you because you learn through trial and error, which is totally okay. And so the scripture that I have for you, for anyone dealing with not feeling qualified, comes from 1 Timothy 4, verse 14. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you, which was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. And so we all know that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, but I love the words, do not neglect your gift. Because I think I see so many people, I'm like, you would be an amazing teacher, but why do you neglect your gift? Because you feel a certain type of way or because you're worried about what someone else will say about you? Sweet friends, y'all, they talked about Jesus. People talk about me. I don't care. When you step into that light, you're not to worry about people who do not pay your bills or do not have any particular impact on your life. This is why they say favor is not fair. What God has for you is for you. I know so many people. I know one young lady, this particular individual, made six figures from a course. And she wasn't teaching anything from scratch. I won't say her name. Some of you guys probably know this story. And several people felt some type of way. But do you think that that stopped her from selling courses? Hell no. What God has for her was for her because she did not neglect her gift. She was a regular mom, no culinary training. I'm pretty sure she had feelings just like several of you guys had, but it didn't stop her from creating courses and making six figures with each one. So trust me, you are qualified because God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. And then first Peter chapter four, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. This is actually one I tell myself all the time on days when I feel like I don't want to record this podcast. This podcast is free. I don't want to show up. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I realized that this is a gift that I also decided that I wanted to change the world. And so as God has given me a gift, I'm going to use this to serve people. I have a firm belief in that you serve before you sell. And so like I stated at the beginning, 
whether or not you guys enroll in the course or not, that's fine. But I couldn't feel like me or I couldn't be me or I couldn't die right now and go to heaven and be like, well, God, I had a gift. I could have motivated people, but I didn't use it because I was afraid. Right. I don't want to say that. And that's not what I want any of you guys to say. So keep that in mind, because we all have gifts. It's mentioned in the Bible multiple times. I tell students all the time when they work with me, they say, I can't wait to get with you. I know you're going to bless my business. I know you're going to help me make more money. No, I'm just going to help you bring out the gifts that God gave in you. Your belief system is going to do all that. You got to meet me halfway. And so don't ever think that you're not qualified because you were made for this particular moment in time. You're exactly where you need to be. And you already have gifts inside of you. I can't take that away from you. So remember that when you feel that you're not qualified enough. The next thing is that people worry someone else is already doing it. And I love this because I'm like, awesome. The fact that someone else is already doing it lets you know that there is a need for you. There is not one person who can serve all of the market. Again, think about McDonald's. When they started putting out burgers, do you think that they were like, well, someone else is already doing it? There was White Castle. There were other people. No, they decided to. Burger King didn't say, oh, well, McDonald's is already doing this, so there's not a need for a Whopper. Hell yeah, there's a need for a Whopper. Just Talking about a Whopper makes me want one as soon as I finish recording this podcast, y'all. Like, there is a need for a Whopper, but guess what? There's a need for five guys, too. So I'm saying all this to say, don't y'all love their peanuts? Anywho, there is a need for what you're doing. It They may be doing it already, but they won't do it like you will. You're going to have a story that's tied to it. I think about this when... I'm going to mention one of my competitors I've shared with you guys before. Natasha has been on the podcast of the Baker Squad. You know, I started teaching because someone had recommended it to me on Periscope. I've shared the story a thousand times and was like, well, you're always giving tips and people's broadcasts. You should teach. And I thought, okay, well, like it's actually, I went to school for food service management. I'm used to managing big corporations, I guess, helping people in their business would be okay. I didn't think it was this big grand thing, but someone spoke over me and someone believed in me. And this was someone who was already doing it. She was all, she was a teacher already. She was another teacher. Shout out to Sabrina, Cake Pops by Sabrina. She taught Cake Pops. She could have easily had a mindset of, oh, you don't need to teach because I'm a teacher and I know it all. But man, what a blessing when you get around good community. That's why they say proximity is power. Be mindful of who you surround yourself around because when people pour into you and when people see something in you, so that's why I'm doing this whole broadcast because you on the other side, I don't know you from the man on the moon, but I'm trying to pour into you God's word because I'm telling you there is something in you. Like I said, it whether you do the course or not, You still got to do it. You got to live out the dreams that God has for you. And so someone else was already doing it, but they didn't have my story. But then when I met Tasha a couple years, wasn't too long ago, and she shared her story, she said, well, I was a baker and I was doing it all wrong. And once I realized that I was making mistakes, I thought, well, how can I share enough and how can I bless someone else? So her and I have two different stories. So we can be teaching the same thing, but people resonate with us because some people may resonate with my story. Some people may resonate with her story. There are some people who buy both of our products and services. And that's another thing. 
oftentimes you guys think, well, if someone's already doing it, then no one will buy. Yes, they will. I have several students who have taken my class and multiple classes. Some people love learning. I'm the same way. There are so many different people who I invest with. They're competitors of each other, but I get a little something from each one. And so each person has a different spin, a different pizzazz, a different technique, a different execution. And because I'm like a sponge, I try to absorb everything. I love learning. I don't ever look at them as competitors anyways. I'm like, oh, okay, that was a really cool point. Like when you listen to pastors, I listen to a lot of pastors online. I love Joel Osteen. But I don't ever look at a T.D. Jake sermon and say, oh, well, well, this was crazy. Joel Osteen would have never done it like this. No, I love both of them. Granted, at the end of the day, they're both doing the same thing. They're both pastors. They're both telling people about Jesus. They're both leaving people, you know, to get closer to Christ. They're both competitors. But in a sense, I listen to both of their broadcasts. It just depends on who I like listening to that day. So think about that when you think about someone else is already doing it. Also, just remember the fact that someone else is doing it lets you know that there is room for it, that there is a market for it. And so keep that in mind as well. See yourself as adding diversity, not competition. That's the mindset shift I want you to have. Look at it as, okay, I'm bringing a new element to this. I'm bringing a new technique, a new set of eyes. So it's not a competitive thing. We're always thinking that it's us against them. It's all or nothing. We got to ditch that stinking thinking. It's not a competition. It's not. Level the playing field. More teachers help more learners. Remember that more teachers help more learners. And so the world needs exactly what it is. Also, look at those people who are doing it already and be inspired by them. You have no idea how many students say, because you did this, I did this. I'm starting this because you start this. They had a young lady that wrote me uh, last week. Well, because you started a podcast, I'm starting a podcast. Okay, that's inspiration. But what God has for me is for me. And what God has for you is for you. And it's the same for when you start teaching. One person is not going to take from you. It's not like God's up there running out of blessings, y'all like, oh, well, hey, look, I didn't gave Amanda all this money, so I can't give y'all no money because I done ran out. Hell no, it don't work like that. <laughs> it does not work that like that at all. If that's the case, I wouldn't be where I am because I'm pretty sure he gave a whole lot of money to Marie Forleo, Brendan Bruchard, and all those other people that I love. I don't worry about them. God will give you what is for you and what is for you won't miss you. So the scripture that I want you to remember here, Ecclesiastes 4 and 9, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. And then another one, Romans 12, verse 4 through 5, just as each one of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many from one body and each member belongs to all the other ones. Now that one's a tongue twister, but what it means is that even though we're all one and the same, we're also all different. And then one of my last ones, 1 Corinthians 12, 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. Ooh, ooh, come on. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. So when I see somebody doing something that I want to do, I'm like, oh, God, thank you. Because if you did it for her, you could do it for me. If you did it for him, you could do it for me. All I got to do is ask. The next is perfectionism. 
Now, perfectionism is one of those weird ones because I, I, I get it. But let me tell you something real quick. This is one I can be cured easily. Too often people say, well, I don't want to do a class because I don't have it perfect. I don't have an Instagram kitchen. I don't have the latest uh, Canon camera or anything like this. I don't have like marble countertops. Like everything has to be perfect. I don't know the right platform to put it on. So I can't put this course out because the course is imperfect. One of the things I teach my students is number one, we're not going for a perfect Instagram kitchen. Okay. You can use a dollar poster board to create courses. I'll show you how, how. Number two, you can use your phone. Every single course I've ever recorded has been with my phone, unless it's with Zoom. It's, it's not that serious. People aren't looking for you to be perfect. They're looking for you to help them. And I think we underrate help. Just like when people say, well, it's already on YouTube, so why would they pay me? Well, because you're a person. YouTube doesn't do Q&A sessions. YouTube won't answer me when I need answers. So when you have a course, you'll probably provide your level with the, your students with a level of support. Be it, hey, if you have a question, reach out. You can email me, something like that. Because you're a human, that's a different level of experience. And so when we think about perfectionism, what I want you to do is, number one, from a psychological standpoint, challenge the thought that it has to be flawless. Because here's the catch, friend. When you're creating something, you're creating it for someone else. You're not creating it for yourself. It won't get flawless until you put it out in the world. But if you really want to know the catch, if you really want to be a great teacher, you can't be a great teacher until you put that product out. Why? Because great teachers receive great feedback. You have to actually get the feedback from your students to make it better. When I started baking for business, I literally started this business from scratch. I'd walk away from a partnership, all classes, all courses, everything was lost. So I had to build things all over again from the ground up. It would have been easy to say, okay, well, Amanda, what do you want to teach? But I didn't. Instead, I shot out emails to a bunch of my students and I said, okay, what do you want from me first? And as they asked more questions, as they faced more obstacles, I re-record, I update. I'm always updating my courses as technology changes, as marketing changes, as trends change. There's never a perfect version because things can always be improved. But it hasn't stopped any of my students from having 1K days, from leaving their job and quitting, from building five-figure businesses, from starting food trucks or opening shops. Me showing up imperfect has still blessed other people because we build and we get better as we go. And so if you're that person who's like, it has to be perfect. Well, honey, there's only one way to cure perfectionism. You got to put it out there and then you got to let people give you feedback. And so if you never put it out there, you'll never get feedback. You're making something on how you want it in your mind, but you're not even allowing the people who are going to buy it to tell you what they need. They can't give you feedback of the thing until you release the thing, okay? <laughs> so think about that in terms of perfectionism. Challenge the thought that it has to be flawless right away and say, hey, I'm gonna do the best I can and then I'm gonna let them pour into me and that way I listen. Have a heart to serve that I listen to people and that I make this a better version of what it is. Have a mindset shift that you're going to focus on authenticity. I'm going to use another example. Like I stated earlier, when I left my partnership, I was real authentic. 
I didn't say anything negative. I just said, hey, I'm done with this. It is what it is. This is who I am. I'm happy right now. And I'm going to continue teaching. And so I'm going to do it in this model. I showed up 1000% me. And do you know what? My students noticed it. They were like, you have so much joy. You're different. You teach different. Everything is different now. People can smell BS a mile away. So it's best for you to show up. I don't care if you show up on a broadcast and you say, hey, you guys, I'm, I'm afraid to go live or this recording is really challenging because I'm an introvert. You know what? You're going to find other people who are like, girl, me too. Guess what? I'm an introvert. Me too. Or guess what? I hate cameras. Or, That's actually how you're going to build your tribe is by being you. You're going to find people are going to flock to you, but they can't do that until you put the real you out there, whatever that version is. All right. So just a quick recap. Four fears that you need to overcome before teaching. And I had a whole list of 11, y'all. This is just four, but this is a, these are the most common. Imposter syndrome, right? We're going to ditch that because we're fearfully and wonderfully made. So we ain't a fake version of anything because we're a real version of who he called us to be. That's number one. Number two, not feeling qualified. We talked about that. But remember, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. Everything that's inside of you has already qualified you. Every test, every tribulation, every time the batter fell on the ground, <laughs> all of those trials that you learn from trial and error from YouTube University, all of that makes you a stronger person. Number three, someone else is already doing it. Good for them, honey. Like my mama used to say, one monkey don't stop no show or like I like to tell people what another woman eats will not fill your stomach. God is never going to deliver your meal to somebody else's house. So if they're already doing it, great. That's showing you that there is more room for it to be done. And lastly, perfectionism. And the only way to beat perfectionism is to put the thing out there, get the feedback, and to come back stronger than ever. You can't correct B plus work if you don't put it out there. And so that is the truth. All right. So I hope all of these fears help you guys. I truly do believe that there is a way for everyone to teach in their business, especially as we come up on the fourth quarter. There's a local bake shop here in my area called Counterspace. They have a storefront bakery and they have a class that they pre-recorded that they teach. And it's a bread making class. And one of the things I love about this is that it allows them to expand their product suite. And that's what I want for you guys. Too often, we're always focused on, but what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? We're always worried about the what if, and we look at the glass as half empty, that we never think, damn, what happens when this succeeds? Man, what happens when I make that extra four figures? Man, what happens when I can sell this one thing that I recorded years ago and I can still sell it? You know, I have a, a Hennessy pound cake class that was horribly recorded. I recorded in a Facebook group. Don't worry. I don't believe in you recording in Facebook groups. And I do teach you other ways to teach for free. And I have people that still buy and enjoy that class. And that class is like seven years old. I've been meaning to record it for like forever and a day now, but people still buy that class. They don't they don't care because I showed up as the best version of me. I shared something that was helping me make money in my business. And so in return, it helped other people make money in their business. So don't worry about what if it doesn't work. Worry about what's going to happen when it does. Okay, so back to the bakery counter space. 
What I love is that they made this class for their customers and it's just on demand. So as the holidays get hectic, there's only a certain amount of them. It's a small staff, like many other locally owned businesses. There aren't factories or anything like that, but they have this one course, this one course that they could pull out of their pocket and they can generate sales on it over and over and over and over just because they decided to show up once and record it. And so now and now we're seeing more and more brands that are recording courses because they're not worried about what happens if it doesn't work. They're focused on what happens when this does work. And what happens is that we have a product we can sell. We get out of the kitchen. We're making more money. We have something that we can sell in our sleep. And we have another source of revenue that will hold us in between orders. The same way you can create courses for your clients. It could be bread baking, something like that. And you're going to think, well, chef, if I make a course for them, won't they stop buying my desserts? No, honey, because the course is leisure. They're still going to eat your stuff. This is just something that people do for fun to pass time. I teach leisure classes all the time. And so that's the power of online classes is that you're giving someone something fun to do. I'm going to give you another example. Have you ever attended one of those paint and sip parties? I went to one with my cousin and I ended up painting this picture of Madonna and you fill in all the dots. They walk you through it as something fun. Now the painting company, they give people the supplies and then they have a pre-recorded class that we were able to watch, which I thought was genius because so many of you guys, you have these activity kits. Hold up, hold up. Let me see if you catch this because this is free. There's a little free tip. I'm going to tell all you guys. All of these different bakers have these activity kits, but what you don't see is any baker, I'm going to walk you through this for free, could hop on Zoom, could do a meet and greet, could speak to their audience. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is such and such from your local bakery. I'm going to walk you through how we design each one of these things. And you can actually create a course that you can now sell with those activity kits to your customers. Now you've actually doubled your sales, number two. Now you've actually stood out because I very seldomly, unless they're my students and I gave them this example during a coaching call, see bakers who sell cookie decorating kits or activity kits with pre-recorded courses. They don't do it. Now you also stand out from your competition because you've created an experience. So there are so many different ways that you can actually sell to people who are in your neighborhood and it doesn't stop them from buying. So like the paint people who I was giving an example, once I finished that Madonna painting, I didn't walk up and say, oh, oh my gosh, you guys, guess what? I'm now a painter. I no longer need this class. I'm going to change my livelihood. Starting tomorrow, I'm a painter because I filled in these dots and I made a horrible picture of Madonna, right? Like no one does that. So quit thinking that your customers are going to take one class that you walk them through that you choose. It could be whatever it is that you choose and that they're just going to up and say, oh, I want to open a business. If that's the case, they're going to do it with or without you and with or without your class, honey. So let's ditch that fixed mindset of everyone is always against us. It's not for us. And let's start operating from a growth mindset, from a mindset of abundance. Let's start looking at all the things that we can have that are made for us, that God can give to us, that can flow through us, that can be attracted by us when we show up and we step into the best version of ourselves that we're meant to be. 
All right. So those are the four fears that I want you guys to think about. I hope all of those items help you. And that's all I have for now, because I already gave you some scriptures in between the podcast. So talk to me talk to me on Instagram. You guys are always tagging me and let me know, did this help you? You can tag me on Instagram at baking for business. Let me know which one of these fears you're going to work on overcoming so that you can start creating classes in your business so that you can have online courses and digital products so that you can have another version of revenue in your business that will get you out of the kitchen and off your feet and making more money. All right, you guys, take care. That's it. Bye for now. Oh, and I'm totally going to Burger King too. Don't judge me.